My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. Okay, welcome back to part two of this two-part episode on rising star Hollywood actor Cameron Moyer. In part two, we're going to be talking about how uh, Cameron would hide his older lovers when he was uh, a wee you know, a teenager, a later teenager, let's say, uh, from his mum, quite literally in the closet sometimes, and, you know, the relationship he had with his mum around his sexuality uh, and how that's evolved, but also sort of focusing on the woman that his mum's become in her later years. By Cameron's own admission, uh, you know, his mum doted on both him and his brother, and, and so much of her identity came from being a mother to both of them. But obviously they left home, they're living in different parts of the world. She moved back to Glasgow and has almost rediscovered who she is and you know the identity that she wants in the last part of her life so that's what we're going to get from part two of this episode of my mum made me the question uh, on uh, anyone's lips for any son is um you know how much of your mum is in is in you as an adult so i'll put the question slightly differently has the apple fallen far from the tree it has, but I am nowhere near as nice as my mother, and I am not as innocent as she is. Uh, even to this this day, uh, I know she kind of went to London at a fairly young age, but I was, you know, going out and being wild, like fourteen onwards. So there's, I think I have a big heart like my mother, uh, but she's more. She's a uh, I don't know. I don't, she's I, that's nicer. Sounds so silly, but she's sweeter, sweeter. And I do have that part of me. But yes. What? So what story that your friends know of you or about you would surprise your mom or perhaps make her laugh? You something that she perhaps doesn't know, but may plausibly be reflected by your friends. Well, she does know this now because my mum knows everything. I do tell her everything. But she didn't know for many years, which was, I think I was 15. We can say 16. And uh, this guy <laughs> came over. Are you editing? Are you, are you revising your own history here? <laughs> I, I mean, it's a little murky, but I think I was, I was young. I was young. Yeah, and fine, 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 fine. He was not. He was like 30 or something. And he... I, I know that for for one of the school plays, he was one of the cameramen from like the 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 local news station. Okay, but I'm not give too many details. And um, basically, he came over for a hookup. My mum came home. I was like, shit, 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 shit. And I, I put him in the cupboard. Not joking. Literally in the cupboard. He barely fit. I came downstairs. Her car was blocking his car. Then she came in and she said, whose shoes are these? I was like, okay, I've uh, got to use another, a different name. Uh, uh, Marks, Mar- he just came around to interview me for that thing, the, the school play. Uh, but you've got to move your car. You've got to move it right now because he's gone out. And you, you, like, it made no sense. But I think I was just so <laughs> kind of like hysterical. Uh, that, and I think she was 
just confused probably and I was like you just have to move your car mom you just said move 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 now 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 like pushing her out the door and she went to move her car and then I brought him down and he moved his car and I don't think I don't think they even saw each other I was like go park in the church which is like across the street oh I'm getting stressed out even thinking about this whole thing and I think I may have told her this years later but that was just it was it was just ridiculous that of a comedy she script. knew Maggie knew what was going on. Come on. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. I don't know. I don't know if she's that innocent, but I, I can ask her. I can check in on that. But I I mean, I, I am an actor. I think I was not that I sounded convincing at all just then, but I think I remained a little more calm. And I, I think I managed to, I just was like, you have to move the car now. You have to move the car. But it did make no sense that his shoes were, his shoes were off. Whew. Mark, what a naughty man. But at least at least you kind of got away with it, right? Not that there was anything to get away with, but there's so many similar scenarios of like particularly gay kids oh, yeah. um around that age being like core and it just being this horrendous sort of painstaking explanation and then like a forced coming out. But by the way, were you out to your mom at that that age? Mm, yeah, I think by then I was, and that's a that's a whole other story. Uh, so I basically was went to an all boys school, Victoria College. It looks a little bit like Harry Pro- Harry Potter. It's pretty fabulous, actually. I told my friend, I can say his name, Jack Jack Killock, and because we're friends, and I told him because I thought he was very mature. And I thought he wouldn't tell anybody. And I also told him about, oh my God, I can't, six or seven boys that I hooked up with. And <laughs> uh, he, I went to America for two weeks, two weeks about, to Disneyland, Florida. I came back and got this message from this boy who I barely spoke to ever, Stephen. And he was like, just think I need to tell you, everyone knows you're gay. And my heart dropped, my stomach sank and... I just was obliterated, came home, didn't know what to do, obviously not trying to not show this to my my parents. Basically, I went to school the next day, and when I say all eyes were on me, it was like out of a, a weird uh, futuristic film where you're the you're not you're the one non-robot or something, and everyone's staring at you. And I one boy already straight away in the morning was like are you gay? And really to this day, I, I, I don't know where this came from, but I just turned around and stuck out my tongue really lot big and went, yeah. And then like, <laughs> carried on and I'm like, what the fuck was that? Like psychotic. <laughs> but um, a couple months later, I was dating a guy and he broke up with me, uh, not in school, outside of school. And that's a whole other story. We're not going into that. And my mother, I ran to my mom crying. And I didn't tell her about the boyfriend, but I did just say in tears, I'm gay, I'm gay. And she was like, no, no, you're not. You know, that kind of thing. And and then I got up straight away and I went, yes, I am. Like, I am, like, like, crying to anger. And she was like, she was just confused, I think. She was like, like she, she genuinely, God, I'm like, not embarrassed for her because it's kind of sweet, I guess. But I think a lot of, some months have asked this question. She was like, are you just trying to be cool? And I was like, what the, in what universe is being gay? Oh my God. And at that point, uh, and, and maybe it was actually, who knows, like George Michael, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, so it took a couple of months 
of her asking if I was still gay. And then I think I had another one of my little outbursts where I was like, if you ask me that again, I won't speak to you anymore. So do I. <laughs> wow. And she didn't ever ask me that again. There's there's a sort of a, a strange and twisted, um, par- not parable, uh, an allegory almost of you sort of being in the closet and shoving your secret lover into the closet in order to hide, not the fact that you were gay, but the fact that you were having sex with a guy in in your mum's house. I, um, I mean, everyone has a, a coming out story, right? Mine, I've told it before, but I'll give you the kind of the, the, the punchline, which is my mum's gay, so I knew it was going to be fine. Um, and I told her and she bought me a makeup set. And when I said, mum, I'm, I'm, I'm gay, but I, I don't know if that's me. And she said, oh, don't worry, it will be. So I think she secretly wanted like a trans son, which is absolutely fine, you know, but you know, it is what it is. But I, um, when I was at school, so I was, I think, I think I was 16. Um, I was dating in like an older guy and it was, it was such a stupid relationship. But basically he ended up like cheating on me and we, we kind of broke up. Mm. Um, but I went to meet him in the next city. So I grew up in Bradford. Uh, he mm-hmm. lived in Leeds. So I was going to meet him. And he informed me uh, of this misdemeanor by text when I was at the train station platform. So I got this text being like, hey, I don't think this relationship can carry on anymore. I'm sleeping with someone else. And I sort of just spun on my heel, went back home. I don't know what I explained to my mum, but (laughs) this is such a weird thing to say. (laughs) My mum, some for some reason at least love reading like the sunday paper and she bought the observer which is quite unusual because you know she at that time had left school when she was 15 and hadn't gone to university Mm. and all that sort of stuff but anyway i took the previous week's copy of the observer and to stop myself from crying sat up in bed and read it from cover to cover and then sort of quietly went downstairs and placed it on the table and went back upstairs and fell asleep and in a a sort of very strange and sort of bizarre way i think that was my, my um, version of me telling my mom that something wasn't okay, but I didn't really want to talk about it, but I was fine. And yeah, I d- anyway, so the Observer sort of plays um, plays into it. That you... sounds tough, though. Yeah. The... Oh, I mean, look, you know, I, I've, every, to be honest, it's not even a kind of gay kid thing. I think every, right. everyone goes through their kind of first heartbreak, right? And it's, it's just, it's formative. I have a sort of related question, and it's partly tongue-in-cheek, but maybe a scintilla of seriousness as well mm-hmm. gay kids in particular spend mm-hmm. so much of their childhood and quite a bit of their adulthood acting should we all be fantastic actors yes <laughs> yes <laughs> I think so i mean a lot of actors are gay and i don't know what it is in our genes in the the gay gene but we we kind of a lot of us are performers or there is that part of us and I don't know if it's that thing where we we want to show the world that we're we're who we are that we're great blah 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 uh or impress people I don't know but it's I I think I I feel like there's a an actor in I think there's an actor in everyone but especially LGBTQA before we come on to some of the follower and listener questions, and there have been two, there's been also been one from my mum, which I'll come on to in a second, mm. but I, I want to sort of go back to um, Maggie just for a little bit. Is there anything that's been left unsaid 
between you and Maggie? Because the way you've described your childhood is just beautiful. You've had a nice childhood by the sounds of it. But what mm. what potentially remains unresolved or, or what, if not unresolved, would you want to broach with her now as an adult and her and her sort of the latter part of her life in order to strengthen your relationship? The first thing that does come up, though, is my mother has always put other people first. And now she's that's starting to change a little bit, but she's always, it's always about me and my brother and we are her life. And that is beautiful. There is nothing wrong with that. But I, I, I want her to put herself first. Uh, even, I don't know, I want her to, if there's anything that she wants to do, I want her to do it. Uh, if that, that as simple as that, you know, I asked my mom what her bucket list was and it was so sweet, but most of it was going on holidays and trips to some different places with me and my brother. And, and maybe that's just who she is. And I need to accept that. But there's also another part of me that's, that's wants to just say, if there's anything you want that you've never done or anything just for you, that's, that's private. Uh, I actually gave my mom, the book called The Artist's Way, which is mm. an incredible book, which gives you kind of different exercises. This will sound cheesy, but it's actually, just trust me, it's an incredible book. And it unlocks an artist. Like you take yourself out on a date, you do morning pages where you write. And she did that. And when she did that, I just felt really happy that I knew she was taking time for her. So I don't know if there's anything else completely left unsaid. I think the only other thing is my mom feels really guilty for some of the things that maybe happened to me when I was younger, which we don't really need to go into, but none of that was her fault at all. Hmm. So, Does she know it wasn't her fault? I've told her, but she, I think, still kind of blames herself. I won't go into extreme detail with other things, but for example, when I got came out and got bullied at school, when I told her that years and years later, she felt really, she couldn't believe it. And she thought she'd been a bad mother because she didn't notice the signs, like the observer. I just had to remind her, no, you're, I, tell her it wasn't, you did great. It's really important, I think, to have those moments and ongoing conversations with both parents if they're still around right I, I think I have exactly what you've described this desire or this kind of like urge to make my mom realize you know there are things that you're responsible for as a parent mm. and experiences that happen to me you know whatever that you are responsible for but all the you know the other stuff is out of your hands and for whatever however you look back on it however more you think you could have done you did enough um mm -hmm. and the fact that you were there um present unconditional yeah was exactly what i think any child needs and it's those sort mm -hmm. of um perhaps uh, unrecognized moments when you're at them in them at that age but you kind of recognize later that i think it's important to you know dwell upon and, and kind of revisit with your parents so they get a sense that you know they've done an okay job and you're good right Absolutely. I feel at my age, my mom had already had me as a baby and I don't have any babies. And I, I think about that sometimes. I mean, I think I, I now view 
as I think everyone should, I really do. I mean, there are no shoulds, but view your parents uh, as human beings and, and realize that they were struggling uh, with becoming older and, and finding themselves just like we are right now. And uh, I think it's really, sometimes I, you, you do hear people who have a lot of resentment and a lot of anger because of their parents, the, what happened. And I, everyone has their own story and I do respect that. But I think if some, it's just the, the good old saying that put yourself in someone else's shoes and imagine what they might've been going through and, and whatnot. You said something really beautiful there, I think, Cameron, about it, it was the sort of bit after you talked about, you know, parents are human beings. Yeah, and we, we, we either don't realize it or we realize it too late or sometimes we forget it. And it's really important to remember. But it was the bit after about, you know, human beings that I guess are constantly working on themselves and evolving and uh, developing as people. Mm-hmm. Thinking about Maggie, how... If there is such a thing as 100% Maggie, and I don't know, when she was in Jersey, she was less than 100%. How close to 100% Maggie do you think she is now? How much more um, development of her as a person do you think there is to come in her kind of, you know, the last bit of her her life? She's there. I, I You know, I may have said all that stuff before about I want her to, to, to do what she wants to do and blah, blah, blah. But I think... Maggie is happy. She she did what she wanted to do. She went back to Glasgow and she has a full life. And mainly, I think Maggie's happy with with uh, with Maggie. It's actually external things that that cause her stress uh, from maybe other people and whatnot. But but she's she's good. So uh, that makes me happy. We all want to do well in life, however we define that. Um, it's nothing to do necessarily with money or success, but whatever people's definition of that is is uh, is completely valid but i i think i've got a, a sort of firm belief that a proportion of wanting to do well is wanting to do well so you can either give back or support your own parents not with everyone but with a lot of people certainly it's the, it's the same for me so fast forward to an undefined point in future you're doing in, i mean you're already doing well but you're doing even better incredibly well to a point where you can give Maggie and and both your parents, you know, what they've always dreamed of and desired. What does that potentially look like, do you think? Oh, this is fun. Okay. Immediately, what came to mind is just buying my mom a castle and then buying this other kind of gorgeous flat in in Glasgow as well, because there's plenty, there's really nice places, but she loves her smaller flat because, because my grandma, basically, when she was very ill she looked after her there so she has this really affinity for that place but so we would keep that place but buy a bigger place and a nicer place and then we get the castle uh and then i have to do some stuff for my dad uh i'll buy him a golf course he golfs i'll buy him a tennis court uh and i i think just i would just lavish them i would spoil i would just take them to everywhere around the world i think some i don't know cruises are they weird i don't know i've never taken a cruise maybe like some really fancy cruise where i hear you can buy you can get you know the, the penthouse in the in the, the cruise i have never been on a cruise but one of the things I, I i i don't know if this is strange to admit um i love my life now i try and live very much like 
today in the present mm-hmm, but I also mm-hmm. look forward to when I'm older because it, it's sort of I don't know why but it's sort of I, I have these still fantastical dreams of oh my god when I'm retired and I've got a bit more money and whatever mm-hmm. I'll do x and for me x is going on like a long luxury cruising parts of the world having nice food whatever mm-hmm. is that is that weird <laughs> No, no, but I mean, I would encourage you to, to, to do it sooner because we we don't know what's happening tomorrow. You know, not to be morbid or anything, but I don't know. Get that vision board out and make it happen. I've got a, I've got a mood board my life. Um, well, uh, my mum. I told my mum that I was re. Um, conversating with you, mm. and she said, "Oh, an actor." So she. Um, she doesn't, I'll tell you a very brief story before I ask the question yeah. that she's um, asked you. I've never introduced my mum to many of my friends. In fact, any of my friends, to be honest, Aww. apart from people I've dated. And I don't know how sort of typical or atypical of that is, but it sounds like it's not that typical. Anyway, yeah. so yeah. last year I invited her down for dinner um, to where I live now. And I invited two friends over, one of whom is a guy called Bertie. Now, my mum doesn't have two pennies to rub together. Bertie does. Um, and let's just leave it at that. And she asked him, oh, what do you do? But instead of sort of asking in like a very kind of straightforward, normal way, she's mm. got this very weird way of asking people it. And it goes a little something like this. And you're going to pardon the kind of the um, impression of my mum. Bertie, are you a full-time parent, a carer, or in paid employment? Which is a weird way of asking. And he didn't quite understand, but he responded, oh, I'm actually a playwright. And she sort of gasped and, you know, clutched her imaginary pearl necklace and said, oh, Oscar Wilde, I love Oscar Wilde. Uh Um, And then sort of asked about his work. And the conversation culminated in her almost, well, offering initially and then forcing, uh, almost forcing him to accept a check from her to get his play on BBC Radio 2. Now, wow! let me tell you, that was beautiful naivety on her part because, you know, that's not how it works. And it would certainly be a lot more expensive than she could ever afford. But she has a fascination with people in the arts, particularly acts and playwrights. And so her question uh, comes from this. So I said, oh, it's Cameron. And she said, oh, amazing. Where's he based and what's he been in? Well, I said, I think the most recent, not the most recent, but the, the sort of the thing that a lot of people would have heard of is Black Adam. Her question was, as an actor, how easy is it to sort of go from, you know, I don't know, an action role to a romance role or whatever like that? And the, the brackets underneath, what is Black Adam? So perhaps you could enlighten her on what is Black Adam and the slightly more serious question of like your versus as an actor. Okay, so Black Adam is a superhero film, but it's basically Dwayne Johnson, and he gets brought back from uh, a thousand years ago to save the world, basically. That's a terrible description, I apologize. And I played uh, just a, a helicopter pilot, and it was really fun to film. I went to Atlanta. The green screen was like the size of a building. I get killed. Uh, and in answer to that question, I that's, that's the fun of being an actor. I, I don't know why I, I, I've been cast as uh, sergeants and helicopter pilots and flight attendants. I, I, I really want to play more of these romantic uh, leads. So I hope that's coming up. But I, I just, you know, I, I get the auditions and I'm kind of fortunate enough to get a real, a different 
all different types of characters. So, but it's it's fun. That's a gorgeous <laughs> answer. And the uh, other question from a fan is: We obviously talk about who would play your mom in a biopic, but which famous son would you most like to play? Oh, most famous son. Yeah, this question. This seems like a don't hard say one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I could throw the question back at you, and maybe that might inspire me. Ooh, okay. Um, so let's think of uh, famous. So- I- I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Got it. Famous sons. I would love to. Um, I-, I, mean, it's, I-, I-, I say love. It's probably not that interesting a story, but I like the idea of, or I'm fascinated with the idea of nepo babies. Have you heard that phrase? Ooh, so basically, course. yeah, k- kids who do well because their parents have done well basically there's no other reason you know there may be a bit of talent but it's it's sort of embellished because of their parents connections or power or platforms and i think it'd be quite interesting to play will smith's son because he uh, his dad you know has a really interesting kind of story in and of himself but particularly the relationship between will smith and his wife jada pinkett pinkett Pinkett, uh, smith and their open Mm. marriage and how it must feel to be a kid in an open marriage i think that'd be really interesting that is a great answer. Um, yeah, that's... I have another question for you. You've played alongside uh, a lot of people, obviously. Who's been the most impressive? Probably good old Liam Neeson, uh, oh. because he's just was really professional. And basically, when you have a lead of a film, the whole film set, it takes on the mood of that person. Uh, so if they're a tyrant, people will be on edge. And he was very calm. Uh, though I do have a funny story and maybe he'll hate me for this, but oh well, uh, I, he, he was, you know, the film I did with him was an action film and he would look down and then look up and deliver his line. And I was like, wow, he's just like taking that moment each time. That's so cool. Like he's just looks down, looks up and gives that line. So like, so, 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 uh, intense. And, um, then I was walking under the plane, saw one plane of this giant set, and I heard his lines being said on this by, by one of the assistants. And I turned, and she was feeding his lines to him in an earpiece. Oh. And that only made me love him more, because I'm like, wow, you just they just give you the line, and you just deliver it like an incredible actor. So... Uh, <laughs> That's what I you spoiled. You spoiled the magic now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's what he's doing when he's pausing. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's actually not, it's not, it's not an artistic device. It's just a very simple hearing device. Well, there you go. Oh, and um, to answer your question, uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, the older one, because trying to ooh. match her talent, that oh, sounds yes. like fun to play with. Like she's, you know, she's, she's never going to get there. So yeah. Mean. But... <laughs> Blunt and frank words from Cameron. Uh, from Cameron. Final question. Maggie's going to be listening. What would you like to say to her? Oh, I have to say I love you and keep up the fashion. And, oh, we need to get you that dog. That's what my mum wants. She wants um, an Italian greyhound. We need to get the dog, mummy. What a wonderful thing to work towards. Cameron, thank you so much. Thank you so much.
We are on social media. How exciting. You can find us on Instagram at my mum made me pod. You'll get us on Facebook at my mum made me, Twitter at mum made me, and even TikTok at my mum made me. Why follow us on socials? Well, you're going to get extra bits from the show. You're going to be able to see our guests on video and, of course, watch their reactions to my mum's lovely and sometimes a little bit weird voice notes. So give us a like and a follow.